0: The second Bible reading comes from Romans chapter 5 verses 1 to 5 which is found on page 1,181 of the Pew Bibles. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you Margaret. Our friends, for the last few weeks we've been learning and thinking about the themes, the topics that lie at the heart of Christian living. So we've done three weeks already. Let's see if we remember what the topics were at least. The first week was faith that perseveres. The second week was love that serves. And the third week, last week, was hope that Hope that motivates. Good. So faith, love and hope, the three sisters, the Pauline triad. And today we'll be looking at the topic of suffering. It's really where our lives, uh, the rubber hits the road. And so this is important for us to reflect on, uh, to believe and to trust God in and through. So let's again join our hearts and pray that God might help that be the case. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you give us your words to live by, to trust And to know that you do care and love through all the ups and downs, the trials and hardships of life. And so we pray that you might help us see that there is purpose and meaning in and through it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our friends, we all know that it is a fact of life. That everyone suffers. Old, young, big, small, whatever, culture, whatever, society, everyone suffers. We are all born, and then at some point in the future, we will die. Our life here on earth will end. But in between, that is our life. And hopefully our life will be filled with joyful days, and hopefully many of them that God will bless us with. But during our life, our journey through this world, there will be suffering. And the reality is that if any one of us here feels that we've not yet suffered in life, It's simply because you have not lived long enough. Because it will happen. It will happen. And so as Christians, we need to think hard about this. How are we to make sense of suffering? Because, you see, Christians suffer just as much as everyone else. We're not immune to suffering. If not, in some cases, Christians suffer more because of their faith. But Christians, we also get cancer. We get struck down by diseases. We experience tragedies, we have terrible accidents, experience conflict, experience heartbreak and we also experience grief. And so how do we Christians make sense of suffering? About eight years ago when I was still up in Sydney at Bible College, I still remember vividly this this time on a train trip and, and I noticed something that distressed me back then. And as I reflected on it again this past week, it distressed me again. I remember sitting there in the train and right in front of me was this beautiful young girl, probably only two years old at that time, sitting in her pram and just very happily eating her banana. But what distressed me was that I noticed she had no fingers. Her hands were deformed and it looked like she was perhaps born that way. Now, she wasn't bothered by it at all. She continued to eat her banana quite happily. And people are born with all sorts of deformities all the time. So I was wondering, why was it distressing me so much? And it was perhaps because at that time, she was about the same age as Esther at that time. But she didn't seem to be bothered. She continued to eat. In fact, she was quite joyful, you know, laughing with her father. But inside, I still remember, my heart was aching. I mean, how could this happen? to a little girl. When she goes to school will she experience happiness? Will her friends treat her fairly? When she becomes a teenager will she be accepted? When she becomes an adult will she lead a normal life? I mean just to think about that, it's painful. You see everyone suffers, no one is immune, some more serious than others, But everyone suffers. And so how do we make sense of suffering as Christians? Well, today in our passage, I want to suggest that we can make sense of suffering. There can be meaning and purpose, as difficult that is to believe. And we can make sense of suffering by knowing, firstly, who we are. And when we come to know who we are, we can face whatever we face in life. It helps us to face all the struggles of life, who we are and what we face. And so who are we if we are Christians? Who are we? Well, the last three weeks, hopefully we've seen clearly already, we are people who have faith in God. We are people who have experienced the love from God. And we are people who have certain hope in God. That is who we are. And we understand ourselves, we understand our identity and our worth in relation to God. Not in relation to each other, but in relation to God. And so the Apostle Paul, in this passage, he elaborates that by faith, we are in fact people who now have peace with God. Whatever happens in life, I know always that I have peace with God. And by faith, we see here, That we have the hope of glory and so that that is who we are if we trust in Jesus in his death and resurrection for us who we are we understand ourselves in relation to God and so what that means then is that life without God life without any connection to God it is really just all hopeless it's like walking in the dark with no light, no guide, no assurance of anything if there is no God in our life. But as Christians, we remember who we are in relation to God. I'm one who has peace with God Almighty. And so when the end comes, there is no fear or terror from God, only love and comfort and assurance and peace. That is who I am. And I'm one who has the hope of glory, what we spent last week thinking about. I know where my destination is. I know where my home is, and that is heaven. And it will be perfect, and it will be with God for all eternity. You see the sign outside the front of the, our church? Eternity is to remind us that there is eternal life in Jesus. And so firstly, we need to understand who we are. And as Christians, this is who we are in relation to God. So have a look, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You see, we have to understand how significant that is. We have peace. No one has peace in this world apart from Christians because we have peace with the one it matters most we have peace with God and we have hope Billy Graham he said this he said I've read the last page of the Bible it's all going to turn out all right you see that is the wonderful assurance but really it's only assurance for the Christian and so that is who we are we understand ourselves in relationship to God but now how does that help us face whatever we have to face in life knowing who we are how does that help well from the perspective of who we are in relation to God and from the vantage point of eternity we can look back from eternity it helps us make sense of life now you see hope helps us see the destination last week we thought about hope that's the destination we'll end up in heaven that is our home but the journey now which includes suffering. What we're hearing here in this passage is that that is also important. Knowing who we are in God helps us go through all the trials of life. It helps us make sense of every suffering, every pain, every tragedy, every experience of misery. It means that there is no such thing as good luck or bad luck or just fate. There's no such thing as that. And so how can we as Christians face suffering? Well, what we read here is, in fact, if you have a look, it's shocking. It's unbelievable. It's not anything any human could have come up with, let alone promise. But as Christians, when we face suffering, we face as not those without meaning, but with meaning. We face not as those without hope, but with hope. In fact, not only as those without joy. Look at how shocking this is, but we can face it surprisingly and even rejoice. Is that shocking? Now, this does not mean that we don't feel pain or hurt or grief when we suffer. Of course we do. But we face suffering differently as Christians. Look at verse 3. Keep your Bibles open. Verse 3. Not only so but we also rejoice in our sufferings. I want us to think about that for a moment. Do you feel how shocking that statement is? Rejoice in suffering? Really? Rejoice in cancer? Really? I mean, do we really believe that? Do you? If you call yourself a Christian, do you really believe that? Or did the apostle Paul, did he forget his medication that day and wrote those words? I mean, do we really believe that? But we have to understand what Paul meant here. Christians can face suffering radically different to this world. We can even rejoice in it, not because we enjoy pain or like pain, but because all sufferings are not meaningless accidents. And all sufferings are not hopeless mess. Look at what Paul goes on to say. Look at verse 4. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces despair. Is that what we see? And despair produces misery. Is that what we see? And misery produces hopelessness. Is that what we see in our text? No. look at verse 4 again. That was to keep you awake. Hopefully you were following along. Verse 4. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And so what that means is that all sufferings we experience in life, small or big, do not escape God's good purposes for us. It's producing something in us. You see, it's God's way to teach us, as Pastor Rick Warren, he said, you you never know God is all you need until God is all you have. You see, suffering is God's way of helping us grow in our dependence upon him and to persevere in that. Suffering is God's way to help us grow in Christ's likeness of character, and suffering is God's way in helping us grow in the hope of the glory of God. But do we believe this? Do we believe that suffering produces perseverance? Because if we, if we do, what it means is that if I suffer and if I am suffering, life is difficult and tough and hard and just draining as a Christian. If it produces perseverance, then it means that I don't throw in the towel. I'm not going to give up. It in fact helps me persevere in faith even more so. I cling to God even tighter when I'm suffering. God, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why life is so difficult and feels so miserable. Why? But God, you promised, and so I will trust you still. I will persevere, and I'll cling to you and hold to you tighter, knowing that you hold on to me. And that's why John Calvin, the wonderful reformer, he he once said, the fire of affliction reveals the quality of our faith. You see, each time we suffer, it's somehow meant to make us stronger. It helps us persevere in faith. It's God's way of helping us build spiritual muscles, spiritual resilience. The more you suffer, the stronger you are spiritually, in a sense. It's just like fitness training. I mean, we saw a little, little boy before, Hesman, holding the weights with two hands. I can hold it with one, you see? More strength, more work, you build resilience, you build strength. But here we're talking about spiritual strength. Someone once said, God didn't give the hardest battles to the toughest soldiers. He creates the toughest soldiers through life's hardest battles. Now, I'm sure we know that to be true in our own experience. You say, who is often best to minister to those who are grieving? Who's the best one? Often the best ones are those who have experienced grief themselves. Who's often best to minister to those who are suffering cancer? We're all meant to minister to each other, but often those who have experienced cancer themselves, they're the best. Who's often the best to minister to those who have depression? Well, we're all meant to minister to each other, but those who are best are those who have experienced depression themselves. You see, suffering produces perseverance. And next we see perseverance produces character. The character of being gentle, patient, loving, compassionate, gracious, humble suffering produces all those christ-like character in us it produces that i mean just imagine the flip side if there was no suffering at all just imagine where your life was just like a dream perfect you've got the perfect face no blemishes at all you look in the mirror and you adore yourself it's just perfect you've got perfect eyes you go to sleep your hair does not even get messy when you're sleeping you wake up and it's just perfect You've got perfect physique. You can run a marathon without breaking a sweat, piece of cake. And you're married to the perfect husband or spouse who just adores you all the time. Every time you walk in the door, she or he's just adoring you. You've got three perfect kids and each of them the best in their subject at school. And everyone just loves them. And if you've got an excellent job, it's not hard, it's not grinding it's it's just easy you paid a million bucks for it and you only have to work an hour a day it's just perfect life it's just a dream for you no health issues no financial issues no relational issues no issues whatsoever you have all the money you need more money than you in fact need and you can get whatever you want instantly now if that was your life let me be your friend but if that <laughs> is your life what type of person would you be well you wouldn't learn patience because you can get whatever you want all the time instantly you wouldn't learn compassion because you never really have experienced life life without anything you wouldn't learn grace because you never had to learn to apologize or to offer forgiveness you wouldn't learn humility because you had every reason to be proud But you see, suffering produces Christ's likeness of character. You see, when we suffer, it kills my pride. It keeps me humble. It reminds me I'm not in control and that I need to utterly depend on God. I mean, each time we get sick, it's the flu season, the cold season, each time we get sick, that should come to our mind straight away that I'm not in control. Even these microscopic bacteria and viruses can take me down. I'm not in control. It kills my pride. And so perseverance produces a Christ-likeness of character. And that makes sense. If Christ himself suffered to be the Christ, so I must suffer to be like Christ. If Christ suffered to be the Christ then I must suffer to be like Christ and finally we see here character produces hope why is that we see, when I'm suffering a broken bone a broken friendship a broken marriage a broken life then I long for better things this is not the way life is meant to be when I suffer I yearn for the kingdom of God come Lord Jesus come it clears also the clutter in my life what am I really living for and when I'm suffering I'm reminded that this life is only temporary I'm only on a journey my life is a journey because heaven is my home that is my destination and so I hope When I suffer, I continue to hope and I build in hope because this is not the way life is meant to be. Suffering is, in a sense, meant to keep us somewhat dissatisfied with life as it is. Content, of course. Thankful to God, of course. But yet dissatisfied because life is not the way it's meant to be. And so I hope. I hope and hope and hope as I suffer. You see, if life is perfect now, We wouldn't long for heaven, but God wants us to long for heaven, for that is where we belong, and so we hope. But how can we be so certain of such hope? Well, Paul tells us, it is grounded in the love of God, poured into our hearts by his Spirit. And so for those of us who are Christians, we would agree and believe that somehow inside we sense and know that God loves us we read in the Bible we know the truth but we actually sense that God loves us just like a spouse loving us we sense and know inside verse 5 and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us and so finally character produces hope and so our question how can Christians face suffering we need to know who we are if we are in christ then we can face it we can face it as christians who see life who see suffering not without meaning and not without hope but in fact even dare to rejoice in it because god is producing in us greater perseverance more christlikeness of character and an unwavering hope in the glory of god And so our question again, how do we as Christians make sense of suffering? Last week we looked at our hope. That is our home, that is eternity, that is heaven. But the journey of life now includes suffering. But it has a purpose. And that purpose is for our good. Even diseases and cancers, somehow for our good. Because that will end now, I've been in uh, pastoral ministry for six and a half years. This is my first church out. And, in fact, if you, uh, you don't actually have to be in pastoral ministry to know this, but being in pastoral ministry just exposes us to how every single person is dealing with something. There is some issue in life, there is some problem in life, whether it is a health issue, chronic illnesses, physical health issues, mental issues, chronic fatigue, depression. Everyone's dealing with something. Or it might be a relational issue, tension within the family, bitterness, forgiveness that is difficult, a lack of joy and contentment and love in the family. Or it might even be financial, difficulties in making ends meet, difficulties at work, dissatisfaction with work or whether it might just be unexpected tragedies or bereavement or accidents in partial ministry just six and a half years actually did not take me long at all every single person in our room is dealing with something in life but we suffer with purpose if we are a Christian doesn't mean that's going to be easy and it certainly does not mean it will be pain-free it will be heartbreaking at times. Last night I heard of another heartbreaking problem. But we suffer with purpose as Christians. We know who we are, we belong to God. And you see, even though I'm a pastor, I need to be reminded of this just as much as you. You know, in case you are not uh, aware, sometimes the weight of pastoral ministry is a big weight to bear a huge weight to bear. Now, don't get me wrong, it's always a joy and a privilege to serve in this way, but it is a weight. Not only to somehow think that God can entrust us with the responsibility of wholeheartedly pastoring, loving, caring for the spiritual well-being of his people. We had a training session this past week with our student minister, two of our student ministers, thinking about pastoral care. It's an enormous task. But part of the weight is to learn of the difficulties and the struggles of our brothers and sisters in Christ. It is difficult and heartbreaking at times. And so often, Yvonne and myself, we're left feeling, What can we do? We're just mere human beings. So inadequate. But what can we do? We take comfort from these words. We continue to love and serve as best as we can and will fail often. But we do our best but what can we do we remind you of this we remind you of the one who allowed you to suffer in the first place so that you know that god is building in you perseverance and character and hope so that you'll keep your eyes on jesus not any person not your pastor you're not your growth group but on jesus so that you'll be a tougher soldier because of it and so this past week I was reflecting on this quite a lot with Yvonne and our life circumstance when suffering and trials and testing times come it got me thinking maybe this way this is God's way of getting me to realize that I can bear some more that we can bear some more that we need to grow some more that's why we're experiencing whatever we're experiencing that we need to be strengthened some more. And so somehow remembering this, that we need to continue to persevere, to build on our character and hope, we come to see that this is God's way of growing us, loving us, being, helping us to be more like Christ. But then on reflection, whatever trials and testings and hardships that we've been through, comparing to what some of our brothers and sisters are going through they're so small so tiny and so petty almost you see when when I'm suffering I I sometimes feel it's the end of the world but in perspective they're so small and almost petty compared to what our brothers and sisters are going through let me share with you one story of a very good friend of mine Dan and Teresa what they're going through. Hopefully it will put our sufferings and trials in perspective, help us see purpose in it, but put it in perspective. I've asked them for permission if I could share of their story, and they um, said, yes, hopefully this will be an encouragement to the saints at Surrey Hills. it's so such a great encouragement. Dan, he's a fellow minister up in Sydney. We were in the same year at Bible College, studied together, uh, worked together. But earlier this year, they announced with a heavy heart when Teresa was 21 weeks pregnant that they'll be welcoming another girl into their family. They've already got three kids. But this child growing inside after numerous blood tests will have a 99% chance that she'll get Edwards syndrome. They told us what that was. It's a genetic disorder. It's where the baby has an extra chromosome. It means significant physical and mental disabilities. On the face, on the hands, it's, it's permanent. Odds oh, of survival, they told us. 50% of children with this will not make it to full term. But If the baby survives delivery, 90% don't make it past their first birthday. The term they give to babies with Edwards Syndrome is incompatible with life. Now, of course, they're Christians. They love the Lord. They see the sanctity of life. They will not abort. And so when I heard this news, when Yvonne and myself, we heard it, we our hearts were heavy. They were interviewed in church so that they could share their burdens with the church and be loved and cared for. Of course, there were many tears in this family, but this was what they said. We do not grieve as those without hope. We are comforted that our God knows exactly what he's doing, that he knows our pain and grief. His grace is sufficient for whatever the road ahead looks like. Now, their hope in February when they announced this was that their daughter, they named Evie, short for Evelyn, would be amongst the few who could blow out her first birthday candles. How do you make sense of suffering as Christians? My friend, he's a minister, loves the Lord wholeheartedly. The family serves the Lord, they're, they're beautiful Christians. And so when, when we heard of it, I gave him a call and I was hoping that I could be of comfort just to share the load a bit. But he was so strong, he was doing better than me over the phone. No complaints from him, but a resolute faith in God. And the church just banded together to love and care and shower them with love. Now that was February, fast forward a few months, eight weeks to go left in the pregnancy. And this was what Dan wrote. My Christian faith upholds God who is sovereign and who knows and controls all things. Nothing, not even chromosomal error, escapes his attention. And yet this journey has helped me grasp a different, somewhat unexpected dimension to that sovereignty. Namely, that in some strange way, even this order has a place in God's order. At the end of the day, even our most agonizing questions, our darkest moments, our unanswered cries, must be laid at his feet, for he is the creator. And we are merely his creatures. Six, I mean, that was eight weeks ago in a pregnancy. A few more weeks on the 28th of May, the diagnosis confirmed it was Edwards syndrome. Someone in Teresa's Bible study group said these words. They're cared and loved by those around them. No words can ease your pain, but we'll be praying continually for you thanking God for making Evie exactly who she is, loving her exactly how she is. That was the 28th of May. Induction planned for the 13th of June, which is about two months ago. But then on the 9th of June, Evie was born. Born breached, but born alive. Wonderful joy his family, balloons everywhere. We saw photos, praise the Lord. That's two months ago. Tell me, going through such trials won't produce perseverance. They've persevered through the nine months of pregnancy, but even since then, for the last two months, persevering each and every day, they read a psalm a day, but life has not been easy at all for them. In and out of the hospital all the time, the family sleeping in hospital, breathing difficulties with Evie, not being able to breathe on her own at points, falling sick the first time on the 20th of June, stop breathing, back to the ICU. Tell me you don't learn perseverance through that. But every day they have with, with Evie, they counted a joy. They bless the Lord. They treasure every day they have with her, not taking any breath for granted. No one's complaining about sleepless nights now. I mean... It helped me put my concerns in such perspective, so petty, so small. If anything, they have learnt and are still learning to persevere. That's what suffering produces. But then tell me, if you go through all that and your character is not built by that, even their three kids, uh, three other kids, are growing in Christ likeness. Yvonne drew my attention to this. The brother. He's um, seven years old, which is the same as my youngest, Ethan. I mean, and two sisters, four and nine. They're learning to cope with all of this: with the sister this sick, with uncertain times, many tired days and nights, not sleeping in their own beds, missing their parents because they have to be away at hospital, missing their little sister, and missing just normal life. Elijah, who was asked by the dad, he's only seven, what has been some highlights of all that has happened? What type of question is that? Highlights. But Elijah, he said, doing hugs with her. And then Elijah was asked, how can people be praying for Evie and our family? Well, he said, that she'll live a long life and that she would be a healthy person. Mandy, the sister, she was asked, she's nine, how how do you feel about Evie and her sickness? She said this. It's it's been a bit nerve-wracking because she could pass away at any moment. We know that God is in control. It's been scary, but we've been so thankful for this super special gift from God. The younger sister, Teresa, uh, the younger uh, sister, Thea, four years old, she was singing a song to her sister. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Siblings, character built like nothing. You don't develop that type of character by being sport kids, right? And of course, finally, hope. Tell me the experience like that does not produce a hope in you that yearns for the glory of God. Now, Dan and Teresa, they, they're, they're wonderful, wonderful parents and so wise and insightful. They gave Evie a middle name, Talitha. Do you know where this name comes from? It was what Jesus called um, the daughter of Jairus in Mark chapter 5. Jesus said this to her which in Aramaic means little girl, I say to you, get up. Now why do they name her that? Give her that middle name. Well, it's hope, isn't it? It's hope. Whether, whatever comes of their daughter Evie, they know this is the God who can raise the dead. Today 64 days since since she's been alive. And today's in fact their dedication service. It's actually meant to be a joyful day for them. So they've got a dedication service today at the church. And of course we'll be praying that she'll be able to blow out her first candles. But the God we believe in is the one who can raise her dead. So tell me that Suffering does not produce perseverance, character, and hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the hope we have in Christ. Help us to believe it in Jesus' name. Amen.